Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. If you just say your partner, like, we're going to learn together what feels good, because if your partner likes anal and you've never had it, like, incredible. Like, it just means that you get to, like, kind of go really slow, figure out what, how to do it, which I do talk about all of this. It's, um, it's really more about having a partner who's open and willing and non-judgmental and willing to go on the journey with you. Because here's the other thing. Our sexual desires change every few years, every decade. That's real. And I want to be real people that if you're still having sex how you were having sex 20 years ago, you are not having probably the best sex that you could have. That is such a good piece of advice. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I would love to start with, like, how did you get into this work? Like, I don't know your backstory at mm. all, and maybe some of the audience doesn't as well. So you, like, mm. who are you? How in the world <laughs> did you get the job that you have? Mm, that's such a good question. Rachel, thank you for having me yeah. today. So it's a great question. How did I get started? <laughs> okay. Well, here's the deal. Like many people, I had zero sex education. Okay. So meaning like I was in my 20s, started having sex, relationships, dating, all the things. And I always thought like there's some, there's got to be more to sex than there. like I would, you know, have sex. I knew there was a thing called like orgasm and pleasure. And I definitely wasn't having a lot, either one of those. I was having, but it felt okay. Not yeah. great. Sex was just sort of always felt a little bit 
um, really great at the beginning of a relationship, not great maybe another few months in. I was sort of a serial monogamous. And I just had challenges around sex. And then I realized when I was about in my mid-30s, so I'd say about 15 years ago, I realized that I was having sex that was like, it was just a little bit disappointing. Mm -hmm. And it was, and I realized that I wanted to start finding answers to it. How do I have better sex? How do I have better relationships? How do I talk about sex? So basically, Rachel, I started this, I literally started this because sex was disappointing. I wasn't having great sex. And when I looked around for answers and I started talking about sex, nobody had any answers either. When you say, I know what my version of not great sex is, but when you felt like sex to you wasn't super fulfilling was that emotionally was that physically did you not feel comfortable in your own skin like what was question so thank you it's a great clarified question so i felt that i loved connection with my partner i loved making out and kissing and cuddling and all that was fantastic but i i didn't feel that i I'd heard about this thing called orgasms. I wasn't having them. I would blame my partner. I'm like, well, I think that I used to think that men got shipped off to some secret school <laughs> where they learned everything about I my wish. body and relationships. So I thought, well, it must be his fault that I'm not having an orgasm. I felt that I didn't know. I just felt like it just a lot of times I was waiting for sex to be over. Mm-hmm. I thought that successful sex was when my partner had an orgasm and when that was when sex was over. And so I I found it to be just, you know, I'm a little bit of an overachiever too. So I feel like I go to the next level on things and I thought, well, what would it mean to become like really, how would I become really good at sex? Like what would it mean to enjoy sex more? And I started asking people for, oh my God, I'm, I just gotta, um, this has never happened. Yeah, don't worry. My, I had a little bit of, um, no, it's okay. I had a trauma, my dog, this is weird. My dog got died, got hit by a car and I feel like my brain, I know this just happened like a week ago. Aww. And so. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, we're we're deep dog I didn't people. Do it. I'm so. like, and so I haven't done an interview. I've been like, I took everything off. It was like ten days ago, and I so you, feel a little scrambled yeah, a little yeah. bit. It was a sudden thing, and this is I've been doing this for twenty years, and I'm just Horrible. a little bit. And I'm so excited to meet you. So no, I need a beat. No, no, no. Well, don't also like, be like, on. Like, be real. I'm being real. I'm like because if if and if you're willing to say that, I would like, say it. So many people. Who are listening <laughs> know what it's like to lose a dog. It's I'm like, like your family it's member. It's my family member. Yeah. It's my first pet. My yeah. mind's about to go. Like, yeah. She was young and she had a And so I, all of a sudden I realized like I'm having a little bit, and I do a little bit of like grief, like trauma. Yes. I'm not really, I am um, never, like, so my dad died when I was little, when I was 19, and he had a heart attack suddenly. And it was like a sudden, um, and I know that you, I just wanted to say mm-hmm. that you because I'm really sorry. Yeah. I, I didn't know your husband, yeah. but I know your ex-husband, and I know like, that grief and children. And, and so that was the thing. I was 19 he was 49 and he had a heart attack. And so I had to do at that time, that sudden grief yes. is something that I've had to, it's been like my life's work really. Yes. And now it's, I haven't had anything like that. And then this happened it's with triggering. my dog. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So the last like 10 days I'm back in like doing my EMDR work and my right. breath work and trauma and I've taken off what I, and so I'm trying to like calm the nervous system right. and do all the things. And it's been right. a really, um, yeah. I've Thank you grief. for sharing that. I don't know. I go through, sometimes I feel frustrated because I'm like, we're still, mm-hmm. I can't believe we're still, this stuff still yeah. comes up for me. But when it feels triggering in a way, like there are similarities in there those are. those beats, right? Like it feels because you didn't know it was going to happen. Right. And shocking and yeah, grief yeah. and shock and yeah. trauma and all the things. So yeah. I, yeah. It's, so I think my brain is a little bit like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. So I want to get 
No, you, this Rachel. is real. This, this is, is really what's going on. Like, we're friends, which I feel like no, <laughs> I love it because this is true. It's like my least favorite conversations are when it feels. That's why I say like I don't like an interview because be it's like people want the truth. And what's interesting is that I'm sure it's because our family's been in it for a couple of months pretty heavily, but the amount of people who are going through grief right now. Mm -hmm. So we had a, a big interview and it's someone I've really wanted on the show for a long time was meant to be what Friday, Thursday, some last week, sometime. Mm -hmm. it's all blending together. And they had just lost someone. And I kept checking with their team because it felt pretty soon to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, well, I don't know. You don't know anyone's yeah, stories yeah, or yeah. what that felt like. So I kept saying, are mm -hmm. you sure that they're ready? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He really wants to get back in it this week. And on the way to the interview, he texted me and he was like, Rach, I can't. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. I thought I could. I can't. So, and I was like, uh, I, you got this it. is human. Like a, a million percent. It's not meant to be today. It'll be at another time. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. Thank you I, for saying that. Oh my that. gosh. Of I already course. feel like bad. Like I just want to be real. Like yeah. that's just what's happening. That's and I think so. that's what people crave too. Mm -hmm. And so now it's easier to answer yeah. the questions yeah. too. Because I'm like, okay, well yeah. that's, there's so much yeah. to tie into it. Right. So yeah. Right. Well, thank you. So to go back to like why I started this career, why I started getting, you know, I, I actually started out. I was a, working in politics and I was a filmmaker and I was living in San Francisco at the time and I was going through the motions of relationships and I was never really one who was set up for a traditional relationship. I never really, I was really focused on changing the world and doing mm -hmm. something that was going to help people. And first that was through politics. And then I made a film about politics and I loved talking to people and telling stories. And, and through that, I've always been like, if you, and I think growing up, I grew up in a home where my parents were didn't stay married. I went through like there was a few divorces and marriage and divorces. So marriage wasn't really held on this high in a high regard for me. And so I thought, well, I I would do like connection and relationships. And, and I thought, well, let's see what happens. I'm not going to put this pressure on myself to find the one. I'm really going to try to support myself and find a career that I love. And along the way, if a relationship works, that would be fantastic. But I kept finding myself getting into relationships with men that were wonderful men. In the beginning, and the sex was fun, meaning it was satisfying. And what I've come to find excited. out is yeah. the honeymoon phase is the honeymoon phase for right. a goddamn reason. Right. It's a biological condition that lasts six months to two years. Right. In every relationship, like the most loving people, it's just going to take a little bit of work to keep it hot, to keep yeah. it going, to keep it fresh. But no one was talking about that back yeah. then. So I just thought, here I am with this wonderful man, and it's been about six months, two years, like clockwork. And I thought how do you have sex with one person for the rest of your life? Mm. This isn't as interesting anymore. I'm not as hot for him. The relationship, and at the time, I didn't know about that relationships take work and that you can work on sex and you can work on communication and intimacy and that having bad sex, and to me, that just meant like I didn't have high desire anymore. I wasn't really attracted to him anymore. He felt like my best friend, which was great, but it's really not that hot. And I just thought, well, that must mean relationship's over. Time to move on because how can I endure this forever? Like, right? So I kept getting into these patterns. And then it was about like really when I started this podcast about 18 years ago, it was like 2005. And I thought, well, you know, every time you do something creative and artistic, you have to be fully passionate about right. it or you can't. Like, I, I want to be interested in this. I thought I want to get to the bottom of sex and relationships because I maybe I'm missing something. Like maybe there's a secret. There's a secret to having sex where you want to have sex all the time with the same person. You're both having pleasure and orgasms and you're communicating well 
and and you've learned how to do life together. Because there are, even though half of marriages end in divorce, there are some happy the people. Other half, right. Like, what are they right. doing? Like, what I want to know, and I'm going to bring them into this weird, this podcasting thing and start talking to them just on audio so we can get, because like I knew it was like there's an anonymity to that. And I thought, what could I find out? And so that was how I got into this. And I was not the expert. I was really just had open ears and open heart. And I'm like, what? And I started asking people. Like the first time I did this podcast was in San Francisco where I was living. And I invited like 10 people over. All my like gay, straight, married, single, dating online, dating for, married for 20 years. I started asking them. And I thought after that first day, I started getting some answers. But I also realized this is, this is, we all need this information. There's something here. And I started on the path of the podcast, Sex with Emily. Cool. That's how I started. And then I went to grad school and got a doctorate in human sexuality. And that was the whole path. Wow. And okay. So now I, now <laughs> I have 10,000 follow-up questions. Okay. Uh, what popped in my head was when you first started doing this work, was there something that you learned that you were like, okay, this is this single thing is like the game changer or the foundation or the baseline <laughs> mm. that you now tell everybody the first step to changing your pleasure, your enjoyment of sex mm-hmm. by yourself or with a partner is this. Yeah, the first step is so I'm gonna be real, Rachel. I'm gonna get break down to I was um I was faking orgasms, mm. I was faking pleasure, I was performative. I was really like doing what I thought my partner wanted. And then I realized that like actually self-love and masturbation and figuring out my own, like there's two answers that came to me. The first one is like, how could I expect somebody else to know my body and what felt good if I have never, and not only that, I have shame. I don't want to look between my legs. I don't really know what's happening. I expected my partners to know everything. So I thought I'm going to figure this thing out no matter what shame and weirdness I have around it. I'm going to give myself pleasure and I and I'm going to figure that out. So to me, I think that was foundational is that making peace with my body because it's not just about an orgasm, it's about like listen, if we're walking around not and I know you talk about this not loving our bodies and not feeling confident, not feeling good in it. How do we expect that we're going to get into a bedroom with somebody and be like, "Okay, right. here I am, no naked. Way. I'm ready yes. to go." There's no way. Right. So that was that was probably the first thing. And the other thing that I learned early on was that there's all these untruths about sex, that there's all these myths, and I believed all of them. What, what are some of So those? the first one that came to me is that women, that men want more sex than women, and that women are sort of like not really meant to be sexual and that 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 we were just sort of going along with, with, yeah, with men's pleasure. And then I came to find out that every time I talked to women, and there was like studies and studies, studies that we – we want it too. Yeah. We deserve it too, of course. So I think that I remember learning those in the first, very early on and thinking like, this is really crucial for women and for everybody to understand our bodies and well, take it into our own hands. I think, so I grew up in a really conservative, Christian, deeply religious household with a lot of body shame and a lot of sexual shame. And, you know, your body was for your husband someday. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to save this for him. And it's all about him and his play. I was just so fucked. And it took a really long time for me to unlearn that narrative. Um, And I got married very young and got married to someone who had grown up in a really similar upbringing Mm -hmm. to me. And it's not like, oh, he was the – no, it's just like he had really similar religious stuff flowing through his mind. So it took a very long time for me to even understand that I was supposed to enjoy it and that 
and it seems so obvious, mm -hmm. but I do think that that's this piece that's missing is like mm. men are always planning to enjoy it. Always. But women are like, am I taking one for the team? <laughs> am I just trying to get this over with? Like, am I... I used to say when I was younger and I had no idea what I was doing, but I'd always be like, well, I just love the connection with him. I love the time, which is like beautiful. But if you are, if you've experienced an orgasm mm -hmm. and you know that that's what this can lead to, you're going to want that every single time mm -hmm. or on the reverse, deciding that I would have that every single time or I wouldn't mm -hmm. be interested in sex was the biggest game changer for me was like, oh no, the point of this is that we both have pleasure. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own 
to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. Exactly. There's yeah. no talk about, Rachel, that's so true. Like people grew up in, a lot of people grew up in very, you know, religious or restrictive backgrounds where there's literally, think about this, there's no talk about pleasure when it comes to sex. In fact, it's don't have sex. Wait till you are married. Um, it's only for procreation, actually. Yes, don't have sex yes. at all. And if you do have sex, you might get pregnant or get STD yes. or an STI. Yeah. So it's fear Or burn in hell. Or bur- <laughs> literally burn in hell. And if you masturbate, you're going to grow hair and Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so everything we're told about sex is shameful, wrong, don't do it zero information about pleasure. So then you go to have sex, you're like, well, I know it's this like secret thing that I've been told I shouldn't want to do and shouldn't have to do, but I want to do it because I've been told that I shouldn't have to do it. Now I'm doing it, but like, it's just so confusing. So pleasure, yeah. this whole talk about pleasure, and this is all, so then my mission has become on planet after I realized this, you know, is get people to prioritize pleasure and liberate the conversation around sex. Like we're in our life, because also here's the thing about pleasure is that pleasure is, is it's so conditional. Like we think like, oh, I don't deserve pleasure unless I check these 10 things off the list. Unless I work out today that I can have dessert. Unless I, whatever. And I do, and so pleasure is productive actually. So what I talk about in my book too is that it's like, Pleasure is productivity. When we restrict pleasure, we're going to be less productive. But if you can find ways to weave it into your life, like I actually have like pleasure principles where I look at my life and I say, okay, what am I doing this week for me? And I look at it and I'll say, because I then I have a list of things that I know that like are going to be those joyful moments. And it could be like seeing a friend for lunch, going for a walk, getting a massage, um, you know, nature, usually something to do with nature or something. And I'm like, where is that coming? Where is that going to be worked into this week? Because I was just so tired of so much of my life being about work and other things. And pleasure, more pleasure in your life allows your body to be relaxed more, your nervous system to be calmer and more open to intimacy and pleasure and connection. Right. Well, so I also think just if you are in a relationship with someone, the release of that, the, you know, when you are together with someone and it feels so good and it's this intimacy that you're sharing. And also ideally, hopefully you both have an orgasm or more than one. It just, I feel like everything is better. It's just better. (laughs) It just feels so much better. But if you are having any kind of, I don't know, all those types of sex that you have that aren't really honoring of yourself, Mm -hmm. that it's for the partner or that you're not being truthful or that you're faking your enjoyment Mm -hmm. of the process. I don't know. It's like until you experience it, you don't understand what all the fuss is about. Exactly. I think. Mm -hmm. And I've heard so many other women talk about this where they're like, I remember years ago I went, a friend had a lake house and a bunch of women went there. And I remember talking about having sex with my husband at the time. And they were like, oh, God, like, that's my nightmare. <laughs> that is just like, you know, once a year on our anniversary or whatever. And I was just like, oh, my, <laughs> this was <laughs> so terrible. Mm-hmm. And not only are you like, once a year on our anniversary, like, we really, you know, we do everything. It was right. like, I take one for the team because it's our anniversary. Exactly. Is there a hard and fast, <laughs> this is probably like ridiculous, but no. is there a rule? Not that there should be rules, but yeah. hypothetically. If you're in a relationship that you really should be connecting in an intimate way, it doesn't have to be intercourse or whatever, you really should be connecting in that way 
this often. Mm-hmm. Is that is there like well, any idea uh, around that? You know, here's the cool thing about relationships that we all get to decide what feels right for us, right? right? And I think that the um, people always want a number like, is it twice a week or is it once a week? And I have a hard time with numbers. But what I can say is, and this might make people, a lot of people feel a little bit better now that in every single relationship, there is a high desire partner and a low desire partner. There's always going to be someone who wants more sex than the other one. So right. it's going to be hard to say like, to. but what I, I, I ask each couple, I implore each couple to do is to figure out what number feels right for them. So I'm going to say that for many couples, once a month isn't enough. Yeah. I'll give you that number, okay? Yeah. And and I think for many, once a week, it's probably like you're good. Like yeah. that's, that's a good, like you're doing <laughs> If you've got kids. If you've got kids, like really, I'm just so, it is hard. No one tells you this either. Like there should be a whole like how to work the sex in when you have kids. Because we talk about everything else, like how to work out when you have kids. Right. How to see your friends when you have kids. Like right. how do you actually, have, it's not easy. It's not even easy when you don't have kids. But when you have kids, it's like, and when you have four kids. Like yeah. I don't even know, Rachel. <laughs> It's it's all you about are, it's a daytime sex. It's a daytime that sex. is it's when the kids are but at school. This is that's the thing. your we got, option. But that's it. That, right. You gotta work around it though, because here's the other thing that we do wrong with sex and why we're not having enough sex. And I can go back to the high desire, low desire partner, how you have to like negotiate times, because a lot of people listening right now are thinking, like, well, I want it four times and my partner only wants it once. And that's why I talk a lot about scheduling sex. Making and I know that does not sound sexy, but for many people, it's like We've got kids, we're exhausted. If you think like I'm having sex after 10 o'clock at night, after we've had dinner, I've been doing the dishes, put the kids out, like I'm exhausted. It's never going to happen. But most of us don't even think to, to troubleshoot sex or to like think about it, reverse engineer it. And, and you just like, why aren't we having it? Why aren't we having it? Well, because you were trying every night at 1030 when I'm exhausted and the house is still a mess or whatever it is. So we got to figure out what time is right for us. Mm. And if we know the kids are at school and we've got 45 minutes until we have to do something else, you know, that's when you do it. Absolutely. Yeah. You work around it because it's important because well, you prioritize it. You're not just waiting for this magic moment that's never going to come. And I love will that you. you say that too because <laughs> when I, because I was so restrictive how I was raised and then I went into my marriage mm. without really anyone to give me advice in this area. This sounds so stupid, but like it didn't even occur to me I could have sex any time of day but nights. No, it's not. Like this is why I talk about this. It's literally makes – this is not common knowledge. Like I even just recently said to my partner, I'm like, baby, it's – he's like, we don't have – we. I have to reframe this too for him. Like it's not going to happen at night. I'm already realizing the schedule I'm on right now. It's really not. So yeah. we like, weekends are great. Right. We all get to decide. Right. That's the thing. I want to empower people. Like, you get to decide what feels good for you. There's no, like, book of sex that says, you know, uh, except for maybe, you know, I, I write a book about sex. But <laughs> You're I, like, except wait, for Wait, wait, except for smart sex. <laughs> no, but there's no, like, rule. Like, no one's, there's no, there's no sex police that's going to knock on your door and be like, uh, ma'am, I heard you had sex in the morning. Right. You were supposed to have sex this evening. No, like, we all get, and we get to make our own rules and we get to talk to our partner about it and say, like, what feels good. When do we want to have sex? Not just you, but me. We're in this together. Maybe it's in the shower. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like finding just times. Yeah. Finding times. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so crucial because uh, time of day is huge, huge. for me because I'm exhausted at night. I am so freaking tired. If I just got through the whole day, everyone got fed, they went to school, <laughs> they got home, they got bath, they got bed, they all of it, and I finally get to get in bed with respect it is the last thing (laughs) that I'm interested in I just want to go to sleep but it doesn't mean I'm not interested in sex it just means like I want to have sex when I have the energy to be physically present in that moment with you as opposed to 
at least, I mean, and maybe again, I'm going back to a past relationship that like when we got in bed, it was like, that was okay. The check, like now we're in bed, honey, it's time for us to, and I'm like, are you kidding yeah. <laughs> me right now? I don't, I'm incapable. So relatable. Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. think that's, because that's what happens. And then we're dreading bed or we're faking sleep or we're faking right. something because we don't. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really uncomfortable. So I, yeah, I encourage people just to kind of figure out what time is right. Working through these, like talking to your partner and thinking like, like a great place for couples too is like, when was the most memorable times we've had sex? And then you can think like, and what was happening before what that? What was the circumstance? What was it? Like reverse yeah. engineer it. Right. Oh, well, usually it's like people say like we're on vacation. Yeah, vacation. You're rela <laughs> You're more relaxed for like sure. Two favorite words like you, vacation sex. Right. right. But you probably had tequila. It's possible. You laid right. out by a pool. You're like feeling yes, a hundred percent. And what are those elements that you could then pull into? I also feel like I, this might this is gonna sound however this sounds, but like if I feel good about myself, if I'm feeling confident, you know, if I got a if I got a blowout, if I I know it's dumb, <laughs> no, but like it's, I'm like I look pretty right yeah, now, yeah. and therefore I feel like a little friskier than I would if I look like a bog troll. Exactly. So no, let's go. What, well, especially since it, right, exactly. We got to make those efforts. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is so easy to uh, get caught in a rut of. I don't know. You just you stop putting the effort in that you put at the beginning. I heard mm -hmm. this uh, quote years ago that said, "If you treated your relationship, if you always treat your relationship like it's the beginning, there will never be an end." Because mm. in the beginning of a relationship, you'll do anything for your partner. You're so excited that honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. You love him and you want to do things, and you're like, "I saw this and I thought of you." And <laughs> then it's like five years later, and you're like, "Who are you?" Like happening? in your sweats, yes. you're like never getting all right, exactly. And you're it like, does not matter. making the effort. And yeah, like, it, it's a, it yeah. really does matter. Yeah, it really does matter, and it's not going to magically like just all work out. It's like right. a priority. Like you have to, and also, yeah, we feel good for ourselves too. That's the other thing. It's like, we have to remember that it's not just for our partner, but if you've been not taking care of yourself and feeling good about your body and moving and doing all the things. And that's the, that's the really big part of it that I realized that, um, and after talking to so many people over the years is that we think that sex is going to be just we're just going to have that spark and it's going to hit us over the head desire. Like I'm just going to be in the mood. Like I always was at the beginning. We're always going back to the honeymoon phase. And I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. That's like, we keep trying to chase that spark that existed because of our, the horror, the feel good chemicals, chemicals in our brain. Yeah. We're popping all around. Like they look at the brainwave patterns of people on cocaine and people yes, falling in I've love. Heard this. And it's the same. It's the same. Okay. Yeah. So you know what happens after you come up, you come down and you got to find other ways to, to spark it. So I've realized now, and I had, I just wrote this, I have a book. So it's called Sex IQ. So I was writing this book. I realized this is literally happened. I was like, okay, I'll write down the top questions I got asked over two decades. It's going to be the place, the Bible, that people can go for all the sex information. But I was writing and I was like, you know, like it, it, there's so many more factors that are contributing to it. Like tip, like, yeah, you could open up to the oral chapter and it will have my best tips or the anal chapter, all the questions. But I realized that sex is so complex that there are different layers and everything impacts our sexual health. So for example, I, if I am not taking care of my health, if I'm not moving my body, I'm not exercising, there's less blood flow. If I have less blood flow, I mean, if I'm a man or a woman, less blood flow, there's going to be less, my pelvic floor, my clitoris, there's going to be less enjoyment. There's going to be less energy to have sex. So that's going to decrease 
my desire. And if I, and my desire, my arousal, my, my desire for sex to think, to want, to want, I'm not even thinking about it because I'm feeling bad in my body. I'm feeling sluggish. If I'm eating a lot of foods that don't make me feel good and I'm bloated and I'm not, I'm definitely not going to want to have sex. Like those, right. That's the health part of it. And then I think, okay, but also what if I am having some resentments around my partner? Like I'm super fucking pissed because they said right. that they were going to be doing these things and making efforts in areas that they didn't or they broke a promise to me. Well, there's no way that that. Yes. So I created these pillars of sex IQ and people can look at this and just think like, and I have a quiz. You've got to like, where am I right now? I'm my sexual intelligence level. And there's five pillars that I ask people to look at in their life that are all going to contribute to your ability to be aroused and turned on. Because I can tell you sex positions. I can tell you how to talk dirty. I can tell you what toys to buy, what lubes to buy. Right. I can tell everyone that. And that's all there. But this is the underlying holistic approach to sexuality that I think a lot of people will help them feel, first of all, so much better. Right. Like if you're on an antidepressant or you've been on the birth control pill, you're going to have a problem being aroused and turned on. And yes. I want you to know that it's not, it's your, not fault. your fault. No. Yes. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one -one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm glad you said the thing about birth control because yeah. that was hugely influential in my sexual pleasure back in the day when yeah. I was on it. And it's not a conversation. I mean, birth control fucks your hormones, can fuck your hormones <laughs> in so many different ways. And there is not enough of a conversation around mm -hmm. this. But that's a piece because it's sort of taboo. We're also not talking about that. But I remember a doctor telling me, when I was, um, after I'd had my first son and I went on birth control pills, she was like, oh, you're probably going to be a lot drier. Like you're probably mm. not going to. And I'm like, 
What? What? That's Hi. crucial. So, it's a key, crucial especially if you've given birth to a baby vaginally and things feel different down there. And you, I was like, how is that? I just now I'm giving up on that piece. But it wasn't – even in that, I didn't really have a lot of courage to be like, I'm sorry. What do I do? Explain to me what I do with this information. So mm. it's important that you say that. The other thing I'm hearing from you is like sex is – it's a full body. Full body. Head, heart, Everything. soul, spirit. Like it's all the things. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the positions and the toys and all that. That's like the icing. It is the icing. But you got to start with the cake. Exactly. You got to start with the cake. Yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't like, you know, talked to your partner about sex ever and you grew up in a place where it just wasn't okay or the two of you just never talked about it, it's going to be really hard to continue to connect and be interesting to each other and have great sex. Or if you haven't acknowledged, you know, your own challenges around confidence or around your body, around asking for what you want in bed, if you haven't learned to ask for what you want, which again, most of us haven't, it's holistic. So that's what I try, I lay out in the book all these different pillars that people kind of look at and go, okay, well, I could try to. And so I, I kind of cycle them through them too. And you don't get to a place where you're actually like, I have reached this level of intelligence and I'm there. It's an ongoing process. It's like health. Mm -hmm. You're never like, I'm fit for life. Like, this is it. I'm done. Now I can go learn to, you know, speak French or something. Like, I'm done. <laughs> Check off health. It's like sex is like, it's constantly, like I'm constantly looking at like when, because I know that it's important too to be, sexual and to be connected and sex isn't only about orgasms i want to say that it does orgasms are fantastic and if you haven't learned yet it's like we'll figure it out we can talk about <laughs> it but also it's like intimacy it's connection with my partner like sometimes i know that there's nights where i'm like i'm not going to be ready for sex right now but i know that you want it so like what could we do to like maybe you could masturbate and i could do something or i can like watch you or i could i could take care of myself in sexual situations or maybe we both give each other massages and it's not about sex, it's about connection. So I'm going to give you a 15-minute massage and you're going to give me one. So I guess it's more of expanding your definition of what intimacy is and taking the pressure off ourselves to always be ready for sex and then to look at all these areas of your life that are contributing. Because even for me, so I'm saying like there's times where I'm like, maybe I'm feeling just more stressed and, my, and I know that I'm not going to be as turned on or maybe I haven't... Um, yeah, talked about something with my partner. Maybe the, I've known this too. Self-knowledge is knowing that like, if the house is a mess, if it's freezing in the house, it's messy. The dishes aren't put away. I'm, my beds are made. I'm not going to be in the mood for sex either. So yeah. like, I'm like, that's what, so now it's not a mystery. Like, are they mad at me? Is it this? Is that? It's like, no, I literally now look around my environment and I know all the things that are happening. And this is what I teach people and talk about a lot is like, get to troubleshoot your own intimacy and your own relationship so it's not so mysterious. Because with health, you could go see somebody, you could go work out, you could talk to nutritionists, you could exercise, you could eat healthy. But with sex, that's I try to take the mystery of it and help people figure out like, oh, okay, yeah. I can I can figure out the things that are going to help me like feel better. Like there's an equation here. Yeah, there and is. if these things are in line, then yes. it's going to feel better or be a better foundation for you. I love that you said the thing about talking to your partner about sex. Now, let's say someone listening has never had a conversation there with somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, this is us. Emily, we have never talked about sex. How do you even start? Such a good question. Um, I think the best way to start is to acknowledge the fact that you've never talked about sex. First of all, it's okay. 
that most people have never talked about sex to their partners. And I'm going to say that. Like, you're like, oh, that's a... I would say, I, I'm gonna, Rachel, probably 95% of people haven't had the kind of conversations that I encourage them to have about sex. And that I can teach, I could, we could talk about it right now because I think it's like pretty, like, it is so terrifying that most people, when they think about, like, and the kind of, I'm not saying, like, should we do it? How was it? Did you bang? We banged. It was great. Do you have an should we get, What should we get for dinner? Like, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about the, like, let's talk about our sex life. Right. I realized that we've been together for a few years or 20 years, and I, I was listening to Rachel's podcast. I get such good advice from there. And I, I realized, babe, this is how people can do it, because I'm telling you to do it tonight. I hope that tonight they'll right. do this. I realized that we. this is how the conversation goes, and I'll break down how to do it, but I realized that we've never really talked about our sex life in the way, like, I think I want... We should be great. I want to be a great lover to you too. And I assume you want to be a great lover to me. But what I learned today is that communication is a lubrication. And the more Ooh. couples talk about <laughs> sex, the better sex they're going to have. Yeah. Would you be down with like just, you know, and then we're so where couples can start is just saying like, let's talk about the three most memorable times we've had sex. <gasps> Ooh, good question. Right? And okay. with each other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, my ex-boyfriend. Like, no, no, no. We don't want to hear yeah, about yeah. high school. We, we're like, we're in college, whatever. Because then that's a great roadmap to say like, well, what, what, oh, what was you happening? like it like this. Yeah, there's I, so yeah. much information in yeah. there. You're like, oh, that time, you know, where you came home and you were dressed up in that certain way, or maybe you just you remember yourself, like I got my hair blow dry out that yeah. day, or you remember that like it was, you know, spontaneous. For many people, it was spontaneous. Like you didn't think it was gonna happen. It was, you know, you couldn't wait to get in the in the home. Or it was in the car. Or it was like. Um, just like on the kitchen table or something kind of, just you need to reverse engineer it and think like what worked for me, what didn't work for me. And that is such a great way for couples to do it. I also recommend the three T's of communication. It's timing, tone, and turf. Awkward conversations are hard. You don't want to have these conversations about sex when you're frustrated, when or, you're or angry. Or during sex. During sex. This is like- Outside the bedroom. You're literally like during, and it's like, can we talk? Like, no, no. Not right now. Like, not right now. The bedroom is for sleeping and for sex. Do not have a conversation about your sex life in the bedroom. Oh, that's so real. It's the worst that's so, real. so that is the turf of it. And the tone is light, curious, and open. Like, babe, like, I realize that. Like, can we just... And, and no, you don't have to say it all the first time you're talking about sex. But how you do it is acknowledge that you haven't done it. That maybe you never talk about it. And you think that talking about it could be... And you could even say, like... I don't even know where this to go or how to do it. But let's learn together. Because not only it's going to help you and your relationship... You're going to start to realize that, like, we can learn what feels good, what's been a turn on, what's not, what do we want more of, what do we want less of? Do we want to try something new? Because the thing, Rachel, that couples crave the most is novelty, variety, and spontaneity. Just to start there. So, and for some couples, it can be just like adding a bottle of lube. It could be doing it in the living room instead of the, the bedroom. It could be, you know, you surprise your partner and take them somewhere they've been wanting to go. That spontaneity. It's getting out of our ruts and our routines and making efforts. And that's like a very like base level. But acknowledging too that like maybe you haven't been prioritizing, but you can start today. Like you can repair your sex life. You can start today. Like it's never too late, especially if you both have a growth mindset around sex. And a lot of people, again, going back to, I also talk a lot in the book about the pleasure thieves, the things that are stealing our pleasure. And those are like hidden in plain sight. Like that's like, it's like usually 
stress, trauma, or shame. But if you grew up feeling that sex was shameful and wrong and you don't feel okay having sex because there's still that message, because you know you grew up in home, it doesn't just evaporate because now no. you're married. You still nope. hear the message. Yep. There's something deeply wrong. Right. And so I also share a lot about how we can kind of work with shame and work with trauma and work with stress and like release it once and for all because it's not just impacting your sex life. I guarantee you it's impacting your ability to talk to your kids about sex. It's impacting your ability to show up at work. I mean, in all the ways. It's That's why like sex is, it's sort of been the, the stepchild of like wellness. Sex has been like, oh, like, we can talk about all these other meditation and qigong and yoga, but sex is like good luck, and I want to like I want to wrap my arms around sex and bring it into this whole place and saying like, all the areas that people are trying to help themselves with like meditation and breath work and yoga and and therapy and dealing all this up, all that stuff is if, if sex is another reason for you to get on board with a wellness plan that works for you, like. I promise you that doing those things are going to help you so much feel mm -hmm. better in your body, connect with your partner, have more love, have more joy. So it's all important. And it does start with and talking about sex. And I want to say that your partner might get triggered by it. Like they might I go wonder, into fight or yeah, flight. Yeah. Okay. So, I so let's about go back this. to you because yeah. your extra question is like, how do you do it? And people are like, oh yeah, I mean, that sounds great. Like we've never talked about it. And not only that, I've never even talked about it with myself. So right. I get it. And I want to re I want to just say that like it could be a trigger. It it could be like your partner may be like, I know and I've seen this. People tend to go into fight or flight when sex comes up. Your partner brings up sex and it's like alarm bells. Well, I also wondered if you had I don't know why this is true of me, but I've just never been a jealous person. I have been with exactly two men in my entire okay. life, Emily. That's not something maybe you knew about me. No. And both of them have been with tons of women. And I I never felt weird about that. I like it just I'm like, I didn't know you then, yeah. so I don't care. But I was wondering if you're having this conversation mm. and you're having it with a partner, maybe your partner's jealous, or maybe mm -hmm. one of you has a lot more sexual experience than the other. Mm. And so it's like, oh well, I like anal. I don't know, I'm yeah. making something up. And your your let's say your boyfriend just told you that, and you're like, well, we've never had anal, so yeah. that means someone else, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you oh, navigate it's such around a good that? Question. Yeah, it's um, it's I think I think that we navigate around that. I love this question because what I what I really try to get people to, under, to to understand what I would say to that is like your partner does have mystery of history. I always say more history, more less history, more mystery. Because in a way, we don't have to get into like the details. <laughs> yeah, of we it. don't need to know, right? But yeah, if they've had more experience. We automatically feel like, oh, well, I'll never be able to show up for this person. But what the great thing about sex is that the best sex could happen. We, it, we have the opportunity for the greatest sex and the greatest connection with the person that you're with right now. Because here's the secret. The secret to great sex has nothing to do with um, having anal in the past or using toys. It just means that you might know that you got to breathe, go slow, and use lots of lube. Like, it's not so mysterious, right? It's kind of like penis goes into vagina, and, like, that will feel good with you or with someone else. But it's the connection that great sex – I always tell you, Lisa, I want to just be able to – I trust me, like, this is the area, like, it's not about your past. It's not about how many people you, you've been with and how much you, like – like, it's almost like – think about if you're, like, a great chef, it's because you have – cooked a lot and you could whip together a souffle. But if I had the recipe there, maybe we sat together and you're like, oh, I've done this. Like, this is how you chop up the, the, you, it would taste pretty good at the end. It might be a little clunky at first and take you a little bit longer, but you're still going to have a souffle at the end. 
Great sex, the ingredients to great sex is truly communication and listening and being embodied and like what actually feels good. Like when you touch me here and talking about like, um, and breathing and going slow. And then like the ingredients would be like lube all the time. Literally a lube. I brought you some lube, like <laughs> lube. On your, I literally brought you two things of lube because I love lube, which on every nightstand, because every time you have sex, you should just use lube. We could get into that in a minute. Like it makes <laughs> sex better. It's like using sunblock when it's not sunny out. It's just, is a game changer. Okay, okay. Okay, I, I promise you. I'll try, that, I'll let you know how It's the main thing. But like, so if you just say to your partner, like we're going to learn together what feels good because if your partner likes anal and you've never had it, like incredible. Like it just means that you get to like kind of go really slow, figure out what, how to do it, which I do talk about all of this. It's um, it's really more about having a partner who's open and willing and non-judgmental and willing to go on the journey with you because here's the other thing. Our sexual desires change every few years, every decade. That's real. And I want to be real with people that if you're still having sex how you were having sex 20 years ago, you are not having probably the best sex that you could have. That having. is such a good piece of advice. That is such a good piece of advice. So, it, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking of my own, my own situation and mm. I – what turns me on now is so different than what used to. And I equate it to being in a different relationship with a different person. But I'm like, oh, no, probably just I matured and it's matured, something else now. And, different, yeah. and I feel so much more confident with my body and myself and saying I this is what I would like next as opposed to back in the day when I would be like, whatever you want to do. Exactly. You know, I so, hope it feels good. Like, yeah. I hope whatever you want feels good. Exactly. It changes. Our bodies change. Our hormones. Different times a month, we want something different. This is real. And so I want to encourage like women to say like, it's okay to like start having sex and then to stop it, to say something else might feel good. And so I encourage you, one of the pillars of understanding your body is about embodiment. The first one is like knowing like what actually feels good to me because a lot of us times we disassociate during sex and we don't yeah. really know. So be like, oh, wait, this is what I, I want next. Can you explain disassociation during sex if yeah. someone's not familiar and yes. maybe are like, holy crap, that's what I've been doing? So disassociation is really common. It's when we we get into the bedroom or any sexual situation and we sort of leave our body and we are either worried about how we look, what's happening, Am I doing the right thing? Are the kids going to walk in the door? Is it, did I prepare? Or it's fantasizing about something else. It's being in your head. Essentially, if you are in your head. If you're thinking. If you're thinking, yeah. blood is rushing to your head, away from your genitals. Like, right. think about it that way. So we just, and then there's some extreme levels of disassociation where people are like, I just completely feel nothing. Like, my body is numb. I have left it. I'm just intellectualizing it. And it's more common than we realize. Oof. And so I I just want to say, like, if you realize that's you, I encourage you to kind of, if you're with a trusted partner, maybe take intercourse, penetration off the table for a while. And I actually recommend this to everyone because the magic is not in penetration. And that goes back to procreation and religion and centering sex on penetration, when the majority of women are going to have the most pleasure from something that happens outside of your vagina. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen with someone using their hands or their mouth, toys, 
um, the clitoris is external and internal, but a lot of that, that we just need touch. We require so much. So to take the focus off of just maybe it's making out, it's kissing, it's going really, really slow. It's practicing like massage on each other. It's getting to know your body again and being embodied, just the practice of like movement and being in your body and being comfortable with touch and exploration and slowness. Like if someone was like, Emily, I want one piece of advice and then like you're done. We have 30 seconds. I would say one of the things I would say besides loop is go five times slower. We rush to sex. And now like that, we rush to penetration. Like think about, I grew up watching movies where it was like ripping each other's right, clothes off. Right. There was maybe make out for a second. They throw each other on the bed. They roll around. They have screaming orgasms and they fall asleep. And it was like five minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, that is not sex. Right. That is not sex. Yeah. So what makes, I don't know what makes, I think for many women especially, it's like, we want the slowness. We miss the make early on. We miss making out and the newness. They slowly touch our face and they maybe like kissed our neck and they did all of these things. And that's a way to get out of being in our heads for sex when we realize that we are with a partner in lockstep through this whole experience of building arousal. So it's that kissing, it's making out, it's like eye contact, it's breathing together. It's just like, it's a, there's a lot of different things that we can do to ground ourselves in sex rather than leave our bodies and go somewhere else, which I think it's just really common to do it even, you know, you know, big, high dissociation or low. It's just a, it's a common experience. Well, I wondered too, as you were talking about that, you said, you know, if you have a trusted partner, but where I went to is if you are, maybe you're having sex with one, more than one person, or maybe it's not necessarily a trusted Mm -hmm. partner. It's a new partner just energetically mm-hmm. to disassociate, to sort of leave your body and kind of leave your body energetically when someone else has so much access to yes. it feels mm-hmm. like deeply scary to me. It sort is, of just mm-hmm. like, I really believe people's energy can kind of leave an imprint on us. And if you're stepping outside of yourself and they're with you in such an intimate way, that feels so dangerous. Mm. It is, it really Wow, it really is dangerous. And I love that you're saying this because I'm talking about couples, but even I'm a fan of like casual sex right. and being and, and taking the sex that you want because you want it, not because you're pressured and not because you feel that someone's making you have sex or it's going to give you more experience. Because going back to your excellent question about like experience, it literally, you could have sex with a hundred people and still not be a wonderful lover. Yeah. So there's two differences besides that. So anyway, casual sex can be great. All I ask is if it's not a trusted partner, that you stay connected to your body. You limit alcohol, you limit drugs. It's a, it is a sacred, beautiful experience and it can be, and can be really pleasurable and dirty and nasty and all the things too. But the very, it's like when you're driving a car, like you, it's your operating machinery. Your like your life depends yes, on it. Yes. And with sex too, like I think that there it can be. I don't want to make it so serious and intense, but like be there, be present with someone. Because I think the reason why sex is so disappointing for so many people is because we don't even really know how to operate the machinery. We don't really understand what's happening with our bodies. What we've learned is in porn or with absence of information. And we just are like, I hope, close your eyes, yeah. like, I hope I get it right. <laughs> and I'm just saying that the more present we are with everything in life, whether it's cooking or exercise or being with our friends or family at dinner, like is presence. And so I just, I could be present with sex and it's going to get so much better and so much pleasurable and maybe not right away like maybe that that scary part of being really present sex you're going to be like 
I actually never liked this position. That was a, yeah. I, I actually realized I need a pillow under my bum to feel a lot better. Oh, I need the room to be a lot warmer. Oh, I actually, when we make out for 10 minutes, that's much better than not making out at all. Or, oh, if you go right into penetration and you stick it inside of me, I, I that's not great. But what I've realized is that when you go down to me for 10 minutes, yeah. I'm ready to go. Or you take off, like, we have, we know what feels good in other areas. We know what to eat. We go to a menu. Like, think of when you go to a restaurant and you order something off the menu. You look at the menu. You're like, oh, I know that I like chicken. I don't like salmon. I'm going to get, I know that I like salad, but I don't want dessert. With sex, I want to give people a menu. I feel like they be in charge of their own sexual menus. They can decide any night, any day, any time with any partner what they actually want, what's on the menu, what needs to be in place for them to be able to taste it and feel good. So they are responsible for their own pleasure, truly. Yeah. They can advocate for it. So I love this conversation because it's something I feel like I needed when I was younger and when I was married. But also I found myself in a really unique position and I know I'm not the only one. And I think this would be very helpful for listeners. So I had only been with one man. Like my husband was who I had sex with, a good Christian girl. And then I got divorced. I was 37 years old. I had been with, I mean, I hadn't even been on a date. Like that, it was just him. And so I'm like, wait, I really like sex. But I have no idea mm. how to be a single, and I'm a grown-up. I'm not like yeah. a 20-year-old, so people will forgive me for not knowing what the hell I'm doing. I am a grown-up. Uh. And I was grappling with, I'm a grown-up, and my body is very different than it was when it was 20. And my body has been changed by having children. And so I'm going to take this body out for a spin. <laughs> and it's been changed. But it, like I had so mm. much stuff in my head about having sex again, but I really wanted to have sex again. And I had no idea how the hell to do it. Now, it just so happens that the universe was like, here is a, here's a human for you. So I got insanely lucky in Mm. finding this amazing person that I'm with. But there's also a reverse of this where I don't find him. And I find myself as a single woman, late 30s, I always would think, oh, I'm experienced. I've had so much sex, but I only had sex with one guy. Mm. So if you're listening to the show and you're like, Rach, M, this (laughs) is me. I got out of a marriage. You know, we, I got divorced. Now I'm single. I have very little experience, but like, I'm intrigued by what you're saying because I just have this. No, it's so common. That, like, I love this question. People are hearing this. Rachel, and they're like, so yeah, many- but I'm not like some 22 year old who. It's like, no, you're a grown ass woman. What does it look like for you? Mm, I love this because <laughs> it's so common. I hear from this all the time that women are like, "I was married for 20 years or five, or whatever it is, five years. Well, how do you date now? How do I show up? Like what?" confidence, all the things. And it's such a great question. So really it starts with, so being in touch with ourselves sexually first too, if you've been with one partner, you're really used to that partner in that situation. And oh, I know this is really like, oh, I didn't want you to say that, Emily, but I'm going to say that this is the time to make friends with your vagina, your vulva. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I'm going to ask you to get a mirror. Yeah. I'm going to have you take a look and I'm going to have you like, it can even just be your phone, like whatever, like in a mirror. Take a look. And be like, what is going, like meet her. Like, right. Really like. What's who, going on? What, what is going on? How, and then I, I really encourage the, the masturbation thing. It's like, 
Because sex is energy. So we've been with one person, they've been responsible for our pleasure. We put that on them mm-hmm. and we've got that connection. So now we're still like, I'm going to go from this person to this person's energy. I want you to like ground in your own. Like, who is she? What's she up to now? Like get to know her. So it's taking a look. It's masturbation. It's like getting curious about, and I have a great practice in the book too. It's meditate, masturbate, manifest. <laughs> and it's literally my morning practice. Yeah. And it could take five minutes, but the practice of connection with your with your energy sexually and and saying like I'm gonna meditate, even if it's for like a minute, I'm gonna think I'm gonna I'm gonna masturbate and I'm gonna like in that moment of orgasm, think about my day, think about something and manifest the future of the sexual heard energy. I've about this because it's the energy freaking, is so strong. Energy is yeah. so strong in that moment, and that's gonna be like that's just like we're gonna get there. But if even if you just say I'm gonna decide to. Take a look. I'm going to touch. I'm going to get curious. I'm going to do a little bit mindful masturbation. And I have some steps for this too. It's like just really, it's the goal is not orgasm. The goal is connection. The goal is like, you're going to, you're going to go on a date with yourself. You're going to draw that bath. You're going to clean up the place. You're going to like, you're going to light some candles and you're going to get into that. What it feels to be sexually aroused, turned on with yourself or just to be in your sexual body. Just do that again. What makes you feel sexy? Do you have... And for me, it's not lingerie. Like, I know, like, I love a little shirt off the shoulder. I love wearing boxer shorts. Like, I know what makes you feel sexy. And it's not for a partner. And I do, I take a bath. Yeah. I, or, or you know, a steam where I get in, like, my, I love those higher dose sauna blankets. Like, I do, or exercise, and I shower, and I get into my body, and I think about what are the things that are going to make me feel good. So I lay down, I take a mirror, take a look, take some lube, and just get curious. Does it feel good when I take my left hand and rub it over my nipples, the side of my neck? Like what actually feels good? And then I take note of it. You breathe. You start to touch yourself. That is the first step. Get comfortable with a a masturbation practice. The next thing is to recognize that when you're feeling present and you're showing up someone in present energy, you every time you're with someone is a new experience between the two of you. It, it doesn't matter what they had in the past. It doesn't matter what you've had in the past, but your energy together is going to create a whole new sexual experience that neither one of you have ever participated yeah. in. Like it's your, you guys came together for a reason. And so just the more you can do your calming, whatever calms you in the moment, you can get connected and say, focus with that person. And hopefully it's someone you feel good with and you trust. Right. And I also feel like this is hilarious, but I, I used to do this as a speaker. Like when I would do keynote speeches, I, I wouldn't masturbate. Yeah. That's not what I'm, <laughs> that's not where we're going. Not yet. Um, no. Yeah. That's coming right. later, 2024. When I would go on stage and I would be feeling really nervous, I would just say it. I'd be like, oh my gosh, you guys, this is amazing. I've never spoken in front of this many people before. I'm feeling a little nervous. Give me a minute. Mm. I promise my voice is going to calm down. But it was like calling it took the fear away because what we're doing is we're trying to like force ourselves internally stop it stop it don't be afraid don't be afraid and it's making it worse and every single person in the audience knows what it feels like to have Mm. to public speak and be like holy crap what what's gonna happen so i feel like if you find yourself in a situation where you find a partner you want to hook up with or you're on a date or whatever just say I'm feeling nervous. Like I haven't been with anybody in a minute. I'm really attracted to you. I'm hoping, you know, whatever, because um, if they're an asshole, you're going to know right away based on the response, which is a great litmus test. But also I feel like they're probably going to be like, oh my God, 
Thank you. Same. Exactly. Or like, oh, hey, I get it. I, I was the same way it. after yeah. my divorce or whatever. They're nervous too. And believe me, even if they have been sexual, they're, everyone's nervous when they first get with someone. Yeah. I love that. It's true. Just being real. Yeah. Being real. Like, yeah. And that's kind of exciting. It's so real. It's so authentic. You're not trying to be something you're not. It drops into the present moment. Be yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah, be real. And no one's expecting things from you. So if you're going, and I just love that people are going out there again too, because it's like, it might take a beat to get, to get out there, but just the more you... Don't put pressure on yourself. Like, And also, the other thing I want to say is when you're with someone, this is a good game changer too, is being real, being honest, authentic, sharing something that's like heartfelt. And then also remembering, getting out of the mindset, because I used to do this too, I hope they like me. But what about, I hope I like them. Like, right. I used to be like, do they like me? Do right. I like, did I like them? Right. So being there, when you're sitting across from them the first day, be like, do I, I actually like them? Yes. Do I like? Because it's not this performative mode of like, I hope I get their like back right. when they text me. You have permission to decide what feels good to you. Like, is this someone I could see myself yeah. with? And, you know, so. How do you, do you put a lot of stock into, if you're with a new partner, like what are those things you should be looking for in a sexual experience that you're, even if it's like not perfect, perfect yeah. right away, that you're mm -hmm. like, yes, this is someone that makes sense for me. And I ask because, my boyfriend, I would never, ever in a million years have known how powerful this human characteristic is until I was with him. He's incredibly comfortable with his body. He's European. He would live naked if he could. He's just like, if this. the kids aren't here, he is like, his clothes are not on. He's just like living his best life. When I first met him and found that I was like, Oh my God, this is we like, I, I, where do I look? This is so crazy. <laughs> and it wouldn't be like, it's noon and he's making a sandwich, right. but like it would be, he'd get out of a shower and he wouldn't be dressed yet. And he was not in a rush to put clothes on. And I would just be like, your penis is just flopping around. Like it's just here out in the world. This is crazy. So, and he would laugh. He'd laugh until he would cry. He was like, Americans are so funny. You're like so you're tight. so uptight about it. But him being so comfortable with his body has gotten me to a place where mm. I am so because he's just like you're so beautiful like everything about and I'm like oh I have stretch marks whatever and he just like everything about my body is so beautiful that I'm like I am beautiful <laughs> but if I hadn't seen that modeled for me it would make such a difference in the woman I am today mm -hmm. so that's mm. a piece I would have never known to look for but it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be with this person and he's like, you know, going to fuck me up against a wall. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's sort of this very earthy, like natural, I don't know, energetic. I yeah. just, I, I wish that I had been given that advice or I wish I could give that advice to other people. I guess we that's are, what I'm doing. We are. That someone who is so comfortable with themselves is at least for me, it was like a huge mm, that is, catalyst for change in my life. God, yeah. So it's such a, it's such a great story. It's such a great lesson too. It's like, cause when I'm hearing you, it's like, yeah, I guess that would be someone who's makes you feel bad or makes you feel shameful or they're constantly judging other people's bodies or they're like covered up in the bedroom. Like that might not, that might be a sign. That you're going to pull your that energy in. Right. Exactly. You're going to like, if someone, man or woman, you have a partner who's like super insecure, you're gonna, because uh, if you ever met those people where they're like really insecure, the, you think their body is 
dot to die for. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my butt's big, my that. And I'm like, well, girl, if that, if you think you look bad, you must think I look like a monster <laughs> because this is amazing. Exactly. Yeah. That'd be Every, hard to take in. So hard to take in. I mean, everyone has their things. Of course. Everyone has the things they don't, they don't like about their body. That's why I talk about like body. Like, I don't think you do love your body, but how about just be neutral about your body? Like, my body's, like, okay today. And I think that the more confident you are with a partner, like, I I feel like we have these – I just want people to know, like, no one is looking – if someone is with you on a date or having sex with you, they're not thinking, like, I can't believe her left boob is bigger than her right boob. Or she's got, Nobody. Like, not at no, all. No, they're so pumped that you're having sex with and them. The, they're yeah. so psyched. <laughs> they're like, we are here. Here we are. Nobody – and I realize all the things I used to worry about, like, Really, nobody matters. It really is about us feeling comfortable. It's because my other part of that exercise is saying masturbate. If you guys don't want to masturbate, like get naked and just look at yourself in front of the yeah. mirror. Like walk, get comfortable being naked with yourself. But also like, oh, how do you explain that? The sides would be somebody who's making, if you feel that you're with somebody that it's not you, but like, they're making you feel like you have to cover up or you can't be yourself. Like not a good sign. Right. Like, you know, that's just, and you want somebody who's comfortable, like tell them, like, how do you? How important is sex to you? Like, ask them those questions. Would you be willing to have conversations about sex? Because I can't tell you, Rachel, how many people call me, call into my show, and they're like, they're like, well, my wife, I'm wondering why she won't want to, you know, if she'll ever, why she has never initiate sex. And I'm like, okay, you know, well, have you ever talked to her about it? Oh, no, I could, I could never talk. <laughs> how you been, we've been together 15 years. This is the first I've ever talked about my sex. It might be time. Yeah. It might be time. So, like, Let's start to realize that like nobody is comfortable with these conversations and and that like you want somebody who says like, I can have a conversation about sex. So I would ask him sooner than later and say, would you be comfortable having sex being something that we talk about? Because I think it's important to have a growth mindset around it. Like that's how you know if they like shame you or they make you feel weird, like trust that. Yeah. That's information. Yeah. That's hard too, especially if you are in a situation like I was where you're growing up in a mm. religious world and you are you've been told that you're not supposed to have sex until you are married that's a hell of a time to discover that you are not sexually compatible with someone that's, that's really tricky that's so scary but i do think there has to be a way for you to talk about intimacy and sex let's say you are let's say you're like i'm saving myself for marriage just mm -hmm. like more power to yeah. you yeah but there has to be a way to still talk about the expectations you have or what that will be or what do you think this is? Absolutely. I think if you – I think that no matter what you've decided to say, like, I'm excited to learn together with you once we do get married or once we are together about sex. But I hope that we can start to just on our own, like, you know, prioritize our intimacy and our connection. And it is hard to kind of think about what's going to happen sexually if you've never had it, but just to say – are you open? And you would know, Are your, is your partner committed to mental health and wellness? Because that's a big part of it. How do they feel about you going to therapy? How do they feel about you taking time to pray, to meditate, to, if you have to take medication? You know, these are all questions that are like important. And if you've heard this person maybe judge other people or not be okay with it, they just buck up and you got to keep going and keep a smile on your face and, and you're on this growth path right now. If you're on a growth path of, of better health and wellness, then like, let's hope that your partner is too. Absolutely. It's sort of a sign, I think, if they are willing to talk about this stuff, that they'd be okay around sex. Yeah. Yeah. I do think... Women, I mean, I'm men can be in this place as well, but I think women especially are really bad about 
they want so desperately to be in a relationship that they will ignore 10 red flags about the relationship just so that they can be with someone. Mm -hmm. And I, I use this quote all the time. I saw it years ago on social media. This girl said that her grandma used to always say, it takes a really good man to be better than no man at all. And I was like, yes, <laughs> sister. Like to, it, I love the encouragement of like, know yourself, know your body, get comfortable with who you are. I think, I wonder how many people, if they took an honest look at their life, if they took an honest look at, the relationship they have with self, self-love, self-care. Do you feel confident with yourself sexually? Do you know yourself? Do you know what mm -hmm. would give you pleasure? Where you like to travel to your favorite food? Like, have you really met and know yourself well? Because if you don't, the partner that you can attract, the partner that you will attract at the vibration you currently are rocking is not who you actually want to be with. You would not want to be with someone that would want to be with you as you are right now. Like your dream woman or your dream man, if you lay out those list of qualities, do you have them personally? Yeah. It's crazy it's to me. So true. It's so hard to be so, in a relationship. It is so, so freaking hard. Hard to be in a relation. Why? Why do we do this to ourselves? We're like so obsessed with finding a person that we don't figure out who we are as a person. Like we don't, what are we doing? I, yeah, exactly. It's so true. We don't, we think, and we're also told like, well, someone's going to complete me. Like if you're looking for something to complete you, then you're a half person finding another half Amen. person. Amen. Find yourself right now. Do the work. I mean, that is, you want to find the person that's willing to meet you where you're at, that when you're at a better, you're, and you're never done growing and doing work. But if you are not, this, this work is so important. That's why I think it's good to wait. If you can wait to be in a relationship, take time. If you're, I used to be someone who went from one relationship to the next. And I finally said like, I'm on a mandatorium. It was like a moratorium <laughs> for men. And I took like six months and I just said, I'm not dating. I'm not even going to be, I'm not even going to like flirt. Cause then you realize how much brain space you take up thinking about the opposite sex, yeah. whether you're swiping on an app or whether right. it just, you're seeing your partner on Saturday night, like whatever stage it is it takes, if you remove that, you're like, I'm taking that out. I want to fill that with like who I am and doing the work and journaling and, and therapy and like what do I actually want in a partner? And even like writing down the list of the traits is so helpful to think about. And then you'll look at those traits and you realize a lot of times it's what you want in yourself. Yes. So that's yes. exactly what you're saying. Like how do we become the best versions of ourselves to attract that other person? And I would say I want to give people permission too, to take that time because there's this notion that if you're single, that there's something wrong with you. Like you're only single temporarily till you are a couple and there's some magic in being single. Like some oh. of my greatest time has been like, who am I without a man? Like that's what I did during my mandatorium. I was like, who am I? What do I like to eat? Where do I like to go? Where do I want to travel? And then I got to build up my friendships and my girlfriends and be around all the people I love in my community. And then does someone fit into that? Because I think a lot of us can relate to being with a man and then all of a sudden their friends are your friends. This is what yep. we're we. And so there's just like this time, even though society like might not celebrate it, your parents like, when you're going to find someone, when you're having kids, like we're out of your parents' homes, right? Like who are you? What do you want? And what you might want now is time for yourself. You're not running out of time. It's never too late. 
And the time that you do take just for yourself is going to be time well spent. Oh and you'll gosh. be able to find those people to track all the good things. Totally. Oh, my gosh. So much good information today. Thanks. I know we've touched on a little bit, but tell us about the book. So where can we get it? Okay. What, where should we start? Who's it for? Give us all That's the juicy a great details. question. So the book, been doing the podcast accidentally for almost 20 years. The book is born from that. The book is called Smart Sex, How to Boost Your Sex IQ and Own Your Pleasure. And what it is about, there's like, and it's really for, it's literally for everybody, all genders, all sexual orientations. It's for anybody, no matter your body parts. It's literally for anybody who wants to understand their sex life and have more pleasure, more connection, and easier conversations around sex yeah and ditching the shame yeah so that's what it's about very cool and it's available it's available wherever books are sold wherever books are sold it's released june 13th so cool. please buy a book and i'll review it <laughs> if you like it i hope you like it i really think it's going to change people's lives um i know that it's um and it's you know accessible and well, I think that's the way we change the world is we change ourselves. Mm. So you helping people to change themselves is ultimately going to get you to your original goal. Exactly. So well done you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks and for um, me. on social, where are It's you? also at Sex with Emily. Fantastic. Across the board. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for having me. Yeah. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.